Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Well, it's a joy to be able to share the word with you today. Um, I just want to kind of set it up a little bit. We're talking about this is a season of the Christian calendar between Easter and Pentecost. And that's a 50-day period of time where 40 of those days, Jesus was appearing and, and disappearing from his disciples. He wasn't just like staying with them constantly, but he would just show up. And Acts chapter 1 verse 3 says that he um, was teaching them about the things of the kingdom of God for 40 days. I can't imagine what those 40 days were like for the disciples. It must have been just an amazing time. The last 10 of those 50 days, the disciples were waiting for the promise of the Father, for the coming of the Holy Spirit. And they waited in an upper room in prayer. And then on Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, then the Holy Spirit came and filled up the room. Whether they were in the temple, whether they were still in the upper room, I don't know. But wherever they were, the Holy Spirit filled the place and filled every single individual. And then people gathered around. They were just were a crowd of people came crashing in to see what this was all about. And Peter got up and preached a gospel message, and 3,000 people were saved that day. And that was the birthing of the church. So here we are in that season of time between Easter and Pentecost, And I want to go back now for just right before the crucifixion. Jesus did like a marathon of teaching. And he, um, and much of that is recorded in John 14, 15, 16, and 17. And it's interesting to me how much of that teaching that Jesus, I mean, it was kind of like the crash course at the end of his life. I mean, he was just, he was just pouring it on. And how much of that teaching was about the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And so he he prepared them for the coming of the Holy Spirit. He taught them for 40 days. They waited on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came and the church was birthed. So I'm going to talk today about the coming of the Holy Spirit and what he, part of what he is doing in your life and in my life. And I really probably should start in John 14, but this is my one shot, so I'm going to jump to John. I'm going to jump to John 16, and I'm going to talk about this um, this passage beginning in in verse five. But it says, "Now I go away to Him who sent me, and none of you ask me where are you going." Excuse me, let me get my Bible up here. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. And I think that's hard for us to believe. I think we feel like it'd be better to have Jesus here personally with us, but he's telling us it's actually to our advantage for him to go away and for the Holy Spirit to come to us. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness, and of judgment. And now he goes back and repeats those three categories with a qualifier for each one. 
He says, of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Let's pray. Let's just ask the Lord for his anointing. God, I pray that you would anoint me to be able to speak your word very clearly. I pray that you would anoint every listener today, every hearer, that they would hear the word. They would hear what you want to say to them. God, you could even speak things that I don't say, but you can speak to hearts the message that you have for them today, and I ask that you will do that in the name of Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So this, this passage of Scripture is, is a fascinating passage to me, and probably 30 years ago, I, I was reading, just having my daily reading, and I saw something in this passage that absolutely revolutionized my life. And I am praying that some of you will have your lives revolutionized today because of it. So first of all, let's just talk about what I think the connotation that we, I think that most of us have when we see Jesus saying the Holy Spirit is going to convict us. I think when we think of the word convict, we have this picture of a defendant that has been on trial and the jury has decided he's guilty. And he is convicted. And I think we have this idea of being convicted of guilt. But that, is, that, that could not be further from the truth about what Jesus is actually saying here. He, so first of all, let's, re, let's just re, review what he said he's going to convict us of. Of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin... Because we do not believe in Jesus of righteousness because Jesus goes to the Father. And Brad really touched on this in communion. So I hope that, that that's where I'm going to focus most of my attention today. And then, of course, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Well, before we get really into it, I think it would be good for us to talk a little bit about what the word convict means. Because like I said, I think we have this connotation of convict that I believe is probably uh, misguided. So the Greek word that is translated convict is elenko, and it means to bring to light, to expose, to, to set forth, to prove, to give a proof of something, to give evidence for something. Then it also means conviction, and conviction is different than convict. Conviction is having a strong feeling about something. Then it also can mean to reprove or, or to correct. So, but I want to go back to the very first few um, possible definitions. Bring to light, expose, prove. And I want us to think about these three categories that Jesus talked about with that in mind. That's what convict is. So we're going to talk about the first and the third, convicting of sin and convicting of judgment, a little bit at the end. But I'm going to focus on number two, which is convicting us of righteousness. So now let's rethink convicting of righteousness. What, what does he mean by that? Well, I've read commentaries, and commentaries struggle with trying to, trying to decide what they mean. And, and, and some commentaries decide, well, it just means it's convincing us that Jesus is righteous. Well, Jesus is righteous, no doubt about it. But that's not what this passage is talking about. He's convicting us of our righteousness. So let's, let's look at that. He's bringing to light 
our righteousness. He's giving proofs for our righteousness. He's giving evidence for our righteousness. He's giving us the strong conviction that we are in fact righteous. Now, I know that there are some of you that right off the bat are going to you're going to wonder about the validity of that, especially you think of your own life and you think, no, I don't measure up. But just hang with me till the end of the message. I hope that God's going to convince you otherwise. So I think that we want to look at Jesus saying, I am he's going to convince you of righteousness because I go to the Father. And I think for us to understand how the Holy Spirit convinces us or convicts us of righteousness we need to understand what Jesus did when he went to the Father. So Hebrews chapter 9 tells us what he did. <clears> this <throat> says, Christ came as high priest, <clears throat> excuse me, of the good things to come, with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. He entered the most holy place once for all having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh. In other words, what he's saying is, in the Old Testament sacrificial economy, that in reality, their sins were covered. Their sins were forgiven. They really were, but it wasn't complete. And it goes on in verse 14, how much more? How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And so Jesus said, the Holy Spirit is going to convict you of righteousness because I go to the Father. What did he do when he went to the Father? He presented his blood as a sacrifice once for all. He offered himself to God the Father. I love the story in Revelation chapter 5 where John is in the throne room of heaven and he, he sees this scroll with seven seals. And the scroll with seven seals is basically the unfolding of the ages, the plan of God for final redemption. I don't have time to go into all that it means, but but no one was worthy to open that scroll. And John said he wept much. And then one of the angels said, don't weep because the lion of the tribe of Judah, he's worthy to open it. And John turned around and looked, but instead of seeing a lion, it says he saw a lamb bearing the marks of having been slain. And what was happening was John had been transported back in time and he was literally seeing Jesus just having freshly arrived in heaven after his crucifixion, just having freshly been slaughtered on the cross. And John was seeing that. And that made us worthy. That made us righteous. And so when the Holy Spirit convicts us of righteousness, what he is doing is he is bringing to light he is exposing, he is giving the evidence that Jesus went to the Father and presented his blood as a sacrifice once for all. That blood covers every single sin that you have ever committed or ever will commit. 
that blood was a sacrifice once for all. And the Holy Spirit's convicting you of that. He's bringing that to light. He's exposing that for you. He's giving you evidence that it's true that Jesus' blood has obtained your redemption, has set you free, has made you clean, has made you holy. It says that he, the blood of Jesus cleanses our consciences. Well, I've actually spoken about that before. I'm just going to mention it a little bit again. But basically what, what the Holy Spirit, he so convicts us of righteousness. He so brings to evidence our righteousness that we lose the consciousness of being sinners and that we have the consciousness of being righteous. Now, I know, again, some of you are thinking, no, I don't feel that way, but you're going to, I promise. You're going to feel that way. because what, So what do I mean when I say sin consciousness? Well, I, I think it's the best way I can describe it is that, is that we... Let's just say we start, and I don't know how I'm going to do the microphone here. I really don't like handheld, but is this okay? So we have, let's just say this is ground zero. And this is, this is kind of where we start our day. Is it okay? So we start our day here. And, um, and if I start my day feeling like I, I really am not acceptable or accepted by God, I'm not approved by God, I've got to work hard today to somehow get acceptable and accepted by God. That's a sin consciousness. That's, 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 we have an expression that we love to say called we're sinners saved by grace. And while I appreciate the humility of that statement, it's not true. We were sinners, but now we're not sinners. I used to be a sinner, but now I'm not a sinner. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so going back to ground zero, let's say that I start my day with the feeling that I am righteous, that I'm acceptable to God, that I'm approved by God, that I'm accepted by God. Well, I can enter my day with, with, uh, with intentionality, with purpose, with meaning, with joy. I can, I can go about my day with, with the sense of confidence that I'm accepted by God and I'm living out my life for the Lord. And, and, and yes, I know that there are things in my life that don't measure up. I know there are things of Christ that I've not yet put on, but I don't doubt that I'm righteous and acceptable to God. I realize that I have been accepted because Jesus went to the Father. Because Jesus took his blood as a sacrifice. And so I start my day believing and realizing that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Well, Ephesians 4 says to put off the old man and put on the new man. So even though I start my day with the sense of I am righteous, I am aware of those areas of my life that need to be cleaned up. And, and if I'm not, the Holy Spirit will shine his light on that, and he'll help me see, hey, we need to take care of this. And then I, by the power of the Spirit, have the ability to put those things aside. And I see things of Christ that maybe I haven't yet put on. And the Holy Spirit helps me see, hey, that we need to bring that in. And so I'm able to put that on. And I believe that every tonight when I lay down my head on my pillow, in fact, I end my day every day like this. After I get into bed and I lay in the bed, 
I just think back on the day and I thank God for everything that He's done that day. That's how I end my day. And I usually, am fall, I usually fall asleep before I'm done, but that's, that's okay too. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's how I end my day. Thank you, God, for what He's done for me and in me that day. Because I believe that at the end of every day, I'm going to be a little bit more like Jesus than I was yesterday. And tomorrow, I'm going to be a little bit more like Jesus than I was today. Because, I, because we start life from that position of righteousness. We're not trying to become righteous. We're understanding that we are righteous. Because the Holy Spirit is convicting us. He is bringing to light the work of Jesus on the cross. He is showing us that Jesus took his blood into the most holy place in the heavenlies. And he presented himself to God the Father as a sacrifice on our behalf. And because of that, we are made righteous. Amen? Well, what, what about the conviction of sin? Well, that's an interesting thought, too. Because the conviction of sin, when I was young, the church I grew up in, and maybe I just misheard the teaching, although I'm not sure that I did. But um, everything, I mean, I was always taught that the Holy Spirit would convict me of sin. And what that meant was he was going to make me feel bad. <laughs> he was going to make me feel badly about something I was doing and, uh, or something I was thinking about doing. And, and in my particular church, everything that was fun was a sin. So, I mean, it, it just, uh, and I say that tongue-in-cheek, but it was pretty true. It was a very legalistic um, Pentecostal church. I met God in that church. I was filled with the Spirit. I was called to ministry. I mean, in, in some ways, it was a wonderful experience, but in other ways, it was not. And the legalism was such an oppressive factor in that church. Thank God my mother didn't buy into it all that much, and she didn't enforce all of it. But we still had that, that sense that the Holy Spirit is convicting us of sin, making us feel badly about sin in our lives. Well, that couldn't be further from the truth. He says the Holy Spirit will convict us of sin because they do not believe in me. So what does that mean? Well, what it means is, is that, that, I, that when I fail to believe that the blood of Jesus is sufficient to cleanse me, when I fail to believe that the blood of Jesus is sufficient to heal me, when I fail to believe that the blood of Jesus is sufficient to make me whole and complete and deliver me and restore the brokenness in my life, the Holy Spirit will bring that to light. And he'll show me, hey, you're not really believing. You, you need to put your faith in Jesus. He will, he will set you free. He will heal you. He will deliver you. And the conviction of sin is because of not believing in Jesus, not some bad thing that I've done. Now, surely when I do something wrong, the Holy Spirit brings it to my mind and reminds me to repent and helps me to get it straightened. Yes, of course. But that's not what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, well, you have failed to believe me. My wife I've had an experience, uh, uh, several was a long, long time ago now, but um, of, of, that really illustrates this point. And I, I asked her to share the story with you. It's a little challenging for her to interpret and speak for herself, but um, because of the current situation, we don't have another interpreter here, so she's going to have to do that. So I'm going to put the mic, and we're going to let her tell her story.
Okay. Um, a long time ago, Steve said that. It's, it's years ago. Our children were small. I hope I can say this without crying. But anyway, it was on Halloween. We always went to the fall festivals. And uh, we took the kids and, you know, got the candy and all of that. It was fun. And that one year, I didn't go with Steve and the kids. I stayed home. We must have been having someone come to the house because I was cleaning the house. <laughs> Just stayed home to clean. But someone had, uh, someone in our church had given me a, a tape. It was like a movie that you put in your TV and watch. And I, it was, and so I put it, I put it in. I was playing it. I was listening and watching as I was cleaning. And um, it was about, that was about um, a group of people that call themselves Christians, but they don't really believe the Bible. So it was different. And that friend was just sharing it with me. So I was listening. And there was one part that they were saying that um, the blood of Jesus can cleanse some of your sins, but not all. And um, and I had the thought, it's just in my head, I didn't say it out loud, but I just thought, that's, re that's ridiculous. Who would believe that? I would never believe that. And immediately, the Holy Spirit came and spoke to me and said, yes, you do. Yes, you do. All of those things in your past, that you feel terrible about, things that happened to you. I didn't do it myself, but it happened to me. And the things that I had done myself, I, I knew exactly what the Holy Spirit meant because I still carried, I, ca I carried that. I never felt good enough. I always doubted myself. But the Holy Spirit said, yes, you do believe because that's how I was living, still carrying the shame and the guilt of things that I had done. And I had prayed many times. I wanted to just to be over, but it wasn't. And so the Holy Spirit was showing me, and I have to tell you, I don't have enough time to share my testimony of my life, but that was part of the beginning of healing that started in my life. Amen. That's very powerful. Thank you for sharing that. The um, <clears throat> recently, I'm teaching one of the classes I'm teaching right now is a person and work of the Holy Spirit. And a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about this very thing about the Holy Spirit coming to um, convict us of sin and convict us of righteousness and of judgment. And I was talking about the fact of the Holy Spirit convicting us of righteousness, and the fact that convicting us of sin was the sin of unbelief and not believing that the blood of Jesus is sufficient to make us righteous, to make us holy, to set us free, to deliver us. And, and the students were having a really hard time grasping this concept. And, and so we had gone through it, we talked about it, and we talked about him convicting us that we're righteous the righteousness of God dwells within us. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And, and we, we had spent an entire class just hashing that out. At the end of the class, it was so touching. It's such a moving moment. One of the girls just said, I feel like I've been lied to my whole life. 
because she had also been taught that the Holy Spirit just comes to tell us how bad we are. He comes to tell us the bad things that we're doing, and that's what conviction means. That's not what conviction means. Conviction is bringing to light the righteousness that Jesus Christ has purchased for us on the cross. Righteousness that he, get, he purchased for us when he carried his blood into the most holy place. And the sin that he convicts us of is not believing that and not receiving that and not accepting that. And then he said the righteous, then he also would convict us of judgment. And I'm not going to say much about this at all, but, but once again, um, I read a commentary that says that the Holy Spirit um, will convict us of the righteousness that we can have through Christ. And I thought, well, he got that right. But then he said, but then he'll convict us that we're going to be judged if we don't believe. Well, that's probably true, but that's not what Jesus is saying in this passage. What did he say? He's going to convict us of judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. The judgment that he's telling us about is that the devil has been judged. Not that we're going to be judged. That Satan, the accuser of the brethren, the Bible calls him, the slanderer, the deceiver, he has been judged. He's the one that's been judged, and the Holy Spirit brings that to light and shows us that and gives us revelation of that. And that and what, what victory that brings to our lives. We don't have to say the devil made me do it because we know the devil has been judged and defeated, and the Holy Spirit brings that to our, helps us understand that and, and helps us see it. Well, I've, I've pondered on this for years, it's probably 30 years ago that I really saw this, and I've come to understand it much more. But I've pondered why, if the Holy Spirit is working so diligently to bring this to light in our lives, why is it so many believers don't get it? As a pastor for 40 years, I can't tell you how many people I talked to who struggled with feelings of being unworthy, of being unacceptable to God, of being unaccepted by God, of maybe feeling like, okay, my sins are forgiven, I know I'm going to go to heaven when I die, but, but no sense of worth or holiness or righteousness. I've had people say, Pastor, I don't know if I'm even saved. And I just, I just thought, God, how can this be the Holy Spirit is teaching us and bringing this to our attention and, and showing this to us. Why is it we can't see it? And I, there's probably a lot of reasons, but I have three things that I think that are probably three of the biggest reasons. Number one is just wrong teaching, like I experienced as a kid. And, and even though the Holy Spirit's telling me all this inside, because the teaching is so strong, I can't hear the Holy Spirit's voice. Or if I do, I think something's wrong with that. That can't be right. I can't be righteous. I can't be holy because of all the teaching that I've received that, that says I've got to live up. I've got to measure up. I've got to perform to be righteous and, and, and never feeling like we're really good enough because we don't measure up to the teaching that has come down to us. And I think that's one of the main reasons that many people, in fact, I felt yesterday when I was reviewing the message, going over it, it just came to me that there were going to be people today listening that even while I was speaking, you're going to, you're going to realize what you've been hearing on the inside all along has actually been true. And you're going to believe it. And you're going to discard 
that false teaching that you've, that you've received. And the second reason is because we know ourselves. I mean, I know, excuse me, I know the um, sin in my life. I know my weaknesses. I know where I fall short. And, and so although the Holy Spirit is telling me I'm righteous, I'm thinking, yeah, but, but look what I've done. Look what I do. Look at my shortcomings. Look at my weaknesses. Well, those are all true. And, and, and so what do we do with that? Well, let's go back to Jesus entering the most holy place with, with his blood as an offering. He, he offered his blood as a, as a one-time sacrifice. It's one time. And it covered everything. So, yes, I start, let me go back to ground zero. I start my day knowing that I'm righteous, very aware of the weaknesses in my life. It's okay. Because by God's grace today, I'm going to get rid of a couple of those weaknesses. <laughs> by God's grace, I'm going to put on a little bit more of Christ today. And I'm going to be more like Jesus, but I still start from the perspective of being righteous. I am the righteousness of God. And so, yeah, I understand we know ourselves, and so it's easy to think, well, I'm not righteous. Yes, you are righteous because of the blood of Jesus. That, it has nothing to do with you other than the fact that you have put your faith in the blood of Christ. That's what makes you righteous. And the third reason I think that many people struggle really hearing this message from the Holy Spirit is because of past failures, past sin. I really want to talk to you especially because I know that there are many of you who, who struggle so desperately with maybe even as Leona shared, maybe things that were done to you or things that you have done. And there's just, there's just so much shame about the failures of your past. So much shame about the sin that you've committed in the past. And even though now you know, you believe that Jesus has, God has forgiven you, and, and you really believe, or almost believe, but, but really you're, you believe that you're going to go to heaven when you die. You, you've got that down. But the idea of really being a righteous, holy person with a clean conscience and serving the living God, that you can't quite get there. Well, I, I want you today to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. He is saying to you, Jesus took his blood and he walked into the most holy place and he offered that blood to the Father. And that blood covered every single thing that you've ever done, every single thing that you've ever thought. That blood covered that. And when you put your faith in Jesus, when you put your faith in his blood, he washes your conscience. He cleanses your conscience. And he makes you able to, to stand up. What is righteousness? Righteousness is the ability to stand right before God. Righteousness is having right standing with God. It is the ability to be in his presence unashamed, accepted, approved. That's what righteousness is. And so the Holy Spirit is convicting you today that you're righteous. Now, I know that there may be some, and I felt yesterday when I was praying that there would be some watching today 
who haven't given your hearts to Christ as your Lord and Savior. And, you know, I, I'm glad you're watching. I'm glad you're here. And, and maybe for you, you've just felt like, well, you, you believe, or why would you be watching? But you just never felt like you could be good enough. Well, of course you can't. But it's your faith and the blood of Jesus that makes you good enough. Or whatever reason, I don't know why you have held off on committing your life to Jesus Christ. But I pray that today, in just a moment, you're going to make that decision. Jesus, I thank you for your sacrifice. I believe in what you did. And I want to give you my life. I want to commit my life to you. And then for everyone else, every, and every single one of us, and I, there's so much else I could have said, but this whole process of putting off and putting on, it's a lifelong process. Yeah, we're going to be doing that our entire lives. And so if you're waiting to get good enough, when do you ever start? No, we start at ground zero realizing that we are righteous. And every day is an adventure of living for God. And every day I get to put off some things that are unpleasing to God. Every day I get to put on more of Christ. Every night I get to lay down a little bit more like Jesus than I started out that morning. And, and, and that's going to continue for a lifetime. That will continue until the day we die. You're never going to be perfect. You always have the adventure of putting off and putting on. And it's a glorious walk we have in the Lord. So I pray that God will help you, that he'll convict you of righteousness today. I want to pray for you today before Pastor Gwenmar comes and closes us out. But um, I, I really, this, this, this message is a message that I feel very, very deeply, very strongly. And um, I, I hope that it's come across. Because I, I think it's birthed out of years and years of pastoral ministry, of finding people struggling so much with, with feeling worthy, with feeling accepted, with feeling like they have anything to offer. And, and God wants you to know that you do, that you are. And, and I just feel that so deeply today, and I want to pray for you. Father, I pray for those people that I felt in my heart that <clears throat> were going to be watching today that had never made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life, that today they're, they're convicted. They're, they're seeing Jesus for what he is. They're seeing him carrying his blood into the most holy place and offering it up on their behalf so that they can be made clean and holy and righteous. And they would say today, Dear Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. I believe. I receive. I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And Father, I pray for every single individual. I, I know that many probably are are well on the way with everything that I've talked about and, and it's just affirming to them, but maybe it's not anything new. But I know that there are some that desperately needed to hear this. Some that desperately needed to be rescued from wrong teaching. Rescued from the feelings of not living good enough. Rescued from the feelings of their past failures and sins. And to be convicted by the Holy Spirit of their righteousness because they have put their faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.
We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.